evening. It is time for the Across the Tracks podcast. I am Steve. And I'm Wayne, and we're back once again for another exciting episode of topics that may be of interest to those who are tuning in. So it's good to be here, my brother. Good to be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We have got a few topics that we want to cover tonight. And um, like like always, we're going to say it the way we see it. And we're going to express our um, our ideas. And we're going to take our slants and checks on everything. And we're going to move forward from there. Yes, yes. yes we sir. always do. Yes, sir. So we want to talk. We want to start this broadcast out and we want to talk about SCOTUS, a.k.a. the Supreme Court of the United States. And SCOTUS this past week has made a ruling on vaccines. There was a lawsuit that made its way up to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court had to make a ruling on this because some people felt that it was infringing on their rights to uh, be vaccinated. Some businesses have been infringing on their rights to vaccine because the Biden administration has basically said that all companies with 100 or more employees mandate their mandate them getting the vaccine so of course with the way things are today there's always going to be a challenge to anything that comes out of washington dc especially if it comes from the biden administration or if it was obama's administration or just from uh red states pretty much okay then the supreme court heard the case and with the court being a majority of a conservative court, quote unquote, then we kind of knew, I kind of knew, and it kind of felt that we knew how this was going to go, you know, and some of it we got, we'll talk about some of it. Some of it it could be legitimate, but then again, what could be legitimate and what's right for the country, I see as two different things. So we'll talk about that. What What are your thoughts? Well, I, I mean, I, I'm just going to be real, man. I thought it was a BS decision. Um, you know, the, the, the Supreme Court said they felt OSHA overstepped their bounds. And if correct me if I'm wrong, now, isn't OSHA a federal agency? They're a federal agency of the government. Yes. They're the Occupational Safety and Health Agency. And OSHA has always mandated certain things we put into place within the workplace to protect the safety and health of workers. I don't see how wanting companies with 100 or more employees, having them vaccinated or mandated they be vaccinated, how that's not a safety and a health issue. How is OSHA overstepping their bounds? I thought that was the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah. OSHA mandates a lot of things, man. You got to wear steel-toed shoes in a lot of places. You got to wear certain other PPE in certain types of job. And I mean, you and I worked in places. OSHA always had their little placard in the break rooms. A lot of places I worked. These are the these are the OSHA guidelines. Okay. Right. So for the Supreme Court to say, well, OSHA is overstepping the ground is bullshit. <laughs> Straight up. That's how I feel about it. And so, like you say, as with everything else. That's been going on in the country. This is just another um, it, it's another BS excuse for the country not to take COVID seriously and people to get vaccinated so we can put this mess behind us, man. That That's how I feel about it. It, it, was, it was when I heard it. I'm like, here we go. How is OSHA overstepping their bounds? <laughs> I, I don't get it. Well, you know, the idea behind the the the, the concept that you can't tell me what to do. I know yeah. it's what, you're, what right. I'm putting in my body and all this. And, you right. know, I'm a I'm an employer and I have, you know, one hundred and three people. Well, that's going to put a burden on me. Well, guess what? If you get sick and 50 percent of your employees come down with COVID and they can't work, that's a burden, too. Right. So right. why don't you do the honorable thing? And say, hey, 
let's go by these federal guidelines. Let's go. The president wants everybody to be safe. So therefore, we want you to get vaccinated. Yep. Plain and simple. It's That's not it. going to even if you say it's in a religious reasons or whatever, fine. But the majority of the people need to be vaccinated. That's the only way that we're going to get rid of this. Right. Uh, from from the United States. Right. And uh, some of the uh, the three liberals on the court, they made their uh, voices heard in their dissent, basically saying that, as you said, it's total BS. Yeah. OK. You know, since when has OSHA not been able to do its job? That's, you know, that's, that, that's, that's basically that's, what they said. Right. 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 It, it's I, we again, man, we we've talked about this time and time again, man. We, we're, we're just in we're in a sunken place. America is in a sunken place, man, that I don't care what you say. Somebody you can't tell me what to do. I mean, it's that that's that's the record we're playing now. That record has been on repeat for time for, for months and years. Whatever. It's the same old story. You can't tell me what to do. I got my rights, you know. It's like, man, somebody skipped the record or something. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, man. And so to handcuff OSHA, whose primary function is to protect the health and safety of workers. <laughs> I mean, I, did I miss something? I'm, I'm 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 confused. Did I miss something as to what their role is? They have mandated so many other directives for the workplace, and nobody seemed to have a problem with that. I don't see anybody complaining about having to wear steel-toed shoes, having to wear uh, eye goggles. Uh, I don't see anybody complaining about that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if they are, I haven't heard about them on the six o'clock news outside protesting somewhere that our protest, man, I got a right not to wear steel toe shoes. You know, I mean, it, 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 we've gone we've gone crazy in this country, man. Gone until crazy. they drop until they drop that. Right. Right. Until they drop up on their foot and, and cut that toe off. And then they get right. mad at the employer saying that I, right. this, this was unsafe. Well, right. yeah. Right. But but it's not unsafe for you to walk up into this factory or this company and be sneezing and coughing around people. You don't want to wear a mask. You don't want to get vaccinated. But that's your right. But I, I don't have any rights to be uh, safe and healthy in my space. You know, what I mean, so that's what the Supreme Court basically said. So what do they do? They kick the can down the road to the states. Let the states determine. The companies in their locations, if they want to mandate. And it's like, really? I mean, you've abdicated your responsibility. That's why the case came to you. You're supposed to be the voice of reason in this age of a worldwide pandemic. And you can't even stand up to that responsibility. Well, that's that's, that's their excuse for everything is that <laughs> it's up to the states because right, right. they're a bunch of punks and they don't want to make the decision. Right. Bottom line. So right. guess what the states are going to do? You know, I, I was telling someone the other day, Wayne, that I said somebody, uh, the state legislature in the state of Indiana is trying their damnedest to make Indiana into a Confederate state. Wow. They are. I mean, the, the same old crazy stuff that you hear going on in Florida and in Texas and place, Indiana's doing the exact same thing because they have a supermajority there. And it, I always say this. All they do is practice political incest. You know, they, they own, that's the only thing they believe in. And I don't understand why they're going to say we're going to turn it back over to the states because the states are those crazy people that are trying to take over every board, every state legislature and come up with crazy stuff simply because they can't win elections. Right. Right. Yeah, that that's that's where we find ourselves, man. Um like you always say, I think it's your line you coined. If you can't beat them, cheat them, and uh, and that's that's what we see today, man. That that's that is what's happening uh, with a lot of these Republican-led legislatures. Uh, that you know, we we gotta we gotta rig this in our favor. So we gotta gerrymander. We gotta stop certain practices. We gotta cut down the amount of uh, drop drop boxes for people to drop in their votes. We gotta cut down. 
the amount of hours people can vote, no voting after church and all this other foolishness, can't give water to people. I mean, this is ludicrous, man. <laughs> it's ludicrous. Yeah. And this and this is this is the United States. This is the United States. And this is what we're dealing with in 2022. Well, the United States, well, uh, we're almost becoming a fascist state, to be honest. Yeah. For real. Yeah. I was, um, as usual, I always check out Sunday morning, see what's on there. There might be something of interest that we can throw into the broadcast. They had a professor on this morning. I don't know if you caught the broadcast this morning. But there's a professor on there, and she's written a book called uh, – um, She her, her article that she wrote, I think, was America is close closer to civil war than people realize. And um, she coined a term uh, that America is not a democracy. It's not quite yet an autocrat, uh, autocratic society. It's somewhere in between, and there's a term she used. And she says, that's where America is right now. We we have gotten away from democratic values that everyone should be able to vote, um, free elections, all this good stuff. And we're teetering more toward, you know, this is my way. I want it done my way. And you don't necessarily have anything to do about it. We're somewhere in the middle. And it was a term she coined. The term escapes my memory right now. But it was very interesting, man, that uh, a lot of the facts she laid out that um, said is moving America away from democracy to this other state. And she listed a lot of things. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. And these things have happened. And she said, we're, we're getting very close. We're getting very close. So I thought it was quite interesting. So, you know, we're we are where we are, man, because of, uh, you know, lies and deception and you know, everything that's gone on about the pandemic, uh, they don't want to listen to the science. People don't want to wear masks. People don't want to take the shot. They don't want their kids vaccinated. Uh, it, it's we we have gone haywire. We have gone haywire with this issue. And so the Supreme Court just put another nail in the coffin um, that's going to prevent us from getting rid of this mess, man, to get us somewhat back to normal lives. They just they just put another nail in the coffin. Hello. Can you hear me? I can now. I couldn't before. Okay, because my 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 uh, speaker thing switched on me. So um, yeah, well, we're back. I'll I'll edit this part of it. But oh. hey, live live uh, uh, internet, live skyping. Hey, stuff happens. So we'll just continue on. But as I was getting ready to say that uh, it, it's it's interesting that people don't want to conform just because they don't want to conform. Not that it's right, not that it's right. good for you, right. you know, and so on. It's just that these people are acting crazy. I mean, right. was a couple of days ago, I'm standing out, I'm coming back from a run, and there's a couple places down from, from us and there's an ambulance there and a fire truck and they were halt putting somebody in the back of the ambulance so i started talking to a couple of the new neighbors and <clears throat> one one of the neighbors says oh that's so and so's wife that's gary's wife and they're taken to the hospital because they think now this of course this is rumored that she's got covid and she's not vaccinated mm. Well, as we said before, you know, sometimes you just can't feel sorry for people that don't want to do the right thing. Right. Okay. And I haven't seen them since I haven't seen them since then. So I don't know if she's still in the hospital or not. I haven't seen either her or the husband. So, you know, this this thing is serious. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, it. Man, we could knock this out. You know, in, in several months, if people would just quit being stupid, 
<laughs> and, and I mean, we, we, we could get back to some semblance of normalcy here in, in the U.S. if people would just quit being stupid, man, and yep. quit believing lies and, and all kind of other crap that's going on about about COVID and the vaccine, man. It, it's after a while, you're just like, man, I'm so sick of these people, man, that that, you know, they're these anti-vaxxers is like, but you've sent your kids to school. And they've had to have certain shots to go to school that are mandatory. Now, some people, they, they don't they they're diehards. They're not going to get their kids vaccinated no matter what. But I guarantee a lot of people have sent their kids to school. They've gotten the required shots. They haven't been trying to find out well, what's in that vaccine. What's in that? You know, I no, they aren't doing that. There's something about this that just for whatever reason, it irritates the hell out of people and they don't want to conform. So I. No, I don't feel sorry for you. If you get sick and you leave this planet because you didn't accept the tool that was available to you to prevent that, I'm sorry. I have a tough time having sympathy for you. Yep. Yes, so, sir. So, um, segue, this is a good segue uh, to our next topic that uh, Mr. Novak Djokovic, uh, he has been deported from Australia. He will not be playing in the Australian Open. Why? Because he's an anti-vaxxer. And the Australian government, I'm proud to see the Australian government stood up to like, we don't care who you are. This is our country. These are our rules. You must abide by our rules. They stood up to that, and they deported him today. I'm happy to see that. <laughs> yeah. He's got the right name. Novak. Yeah, Novak. Novak. <laughs> Novak. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. And, and the Australian prime minister, man, I, he, he was like, I don't care who you are, man. And I was really surprised. Did you hear the comments that Rafael Nadal made, man? Yeah. Wow. I was like, yeah. whoa. He said, you know what? The Australian Open, it's bigger than one player. It's right. bigger than one player. Hey, we're so, going to continue to play. Right. So it's like everybody abided by the rules that knew this come here. Everybody abided by the rules. I think 97, 97 or 98%, I think I saw, of the uh, players that were, that were to play, they have been, uh, they've met the vaccination requirements. Right. So... But you think I'm number one in the world. They're going to let me play. And the the Australian government said, hell no. Hell to the no, no, no. No, no, no. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and then there was some judge that even gave him a little bit of room, you know, so that we have to look at this, have to take it up to the Supreme Court itself. And then the Supreme Court said, nope. Now, yep, this is the go. message that needs to be sent, man. And, and and this is this is this. We need to get hardcore in this country, just like Australia, man. You don't want to abide by the requirements set forth by the CDC, the NIH. You don't want to abide by that. The rules of the government. Then you know what? We need to start penalizing people. We need to start penalizing people, man. We're never going to get out of this mess. Never. See, dissent is built into our government. Yep. And I, yeah, wholeheartedly. Recently, the idea behind dissent is is just gone crazy. Yep. It's gone from dissent to just being assholes. Right. Right. You know, I'm just going to defy. I don't, you can't tell me what to do. Well, right. that tree's getting ready to fall on you, sir. No, it's not. The tree's getting ready to fall on you. No, it's not. What's that cracking I hear? The tree's getting ready to fall. No, it's not. You can't <laughs> tell me the tree's getting ready to fall. Damn tree falls on him, kills him, and then he's mad. Yeah. And then somebody yep. gonna sue somebody. Yep. yep. That's how we are. Yep. There's a there's a there's a poem or a story about I heard it the other day. It's about um, the story about where somebody sounded the alarm and the people came for this group of people, and nobody right. stood up for those folks, and then they came and got the next group and like, hey, you know, we need help. And then after a while, they came to get me. And nobody was around to help me. That's sort of where we're at, man. The alarm is there's something here can help you. There's something here can help you. But if you want to refuse it, I think I have the right. You know what? Don't show up at my door now that you're sick. And I know people take the Hippocratic oath. They can't deny people care. But this is getting ridiculous, man, that people don't want to do what they're supposed to do. But then they expect you to save their raggedy ass life. Right. Sorry about that, right. but that's how I feel. Yeah, well, you know, 
and 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 these people that are working day in day out 12 hour shifts you know five days a week or whatever uh, in these nursing homes and hospitals yep. and and yep. senior citizen places you know they're getting they're getting burnt out with that right right you know right. and there aren't that many people that are going into the profession nope, nope. you know and so a lot, a lot, yeah a lot of them are getting sick you know they're they're overworked there a lot of them are underpaid but yet they're out there every day on the front lines having to deal with you know a lot of times people that that you know they're unvaccinated man so it it's to me it's a slap in their face man it's a yeah. slap in their face yeah. that uh well you you got to treat me because well they know that they have taken an oath to save lives but why why the hell should I want to save your life if you don't want to save your life right and you know? and joke of it going going back to to uh uh, joke of it, the fact that he is bringing something into Australia and they're pretty strict on it, and they and it's it's just like saying, well, if I can show my privilege and get in and have all these things done while I'm there and I'm able to play, well, guess what's going to happen when the next tennis right. pro or the next golf right. player or the right. next bowling champion or the next person that has right. that ranking that they're just going to allow them to come in well that's not going to be um that's not going to be right for the people there right. it, it's kind of like that have you seen the commercial where the lady said okay uh i've got a sucker for you if you do this yes. and she little girl takes the sucker and then she goes now i have a bigger sucker for you and the right. little girl goes well that's not fair right you know, yeah, the AT&T well, commercial. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's not fair. Well, that's kind of what people are saying. That's that's not fair. Why, why should I obey the law when you let these this right. foreigner right. <laughs> come into our right. country right. and have all these privileges? Right. No, I applauded the Australian government, man. I said, please don't punk out and let this guy play because it sets a precedent. And they hell serve, man. You know, you hell serve. <laughs> and they point. said, you got to go, man. <laughs> you got to go. You don't want to buy by the rules to enter this country. Guess what? We don't care who you are. You're not bigger than 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 this thing, man. So I applaud it, man. And then we need some of that tough love here in America. I, I, we need that because we're, we're, we're going to be here next year, God willing, on this podcast next year, same time. Hopefully not, but something tells me, man, that until we get everybody in sync, we're going to be here talking about COVID probably next year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, we just have to live with it. You know, we're, we'll we'll live with it for the rest of our lives. That uh, people just just don't want to, you know, do the right thing, man. And and it's but their rights trump everybody else's. And mm -hmm. uh, that that's where we find ourselves, man, that uh, my rights are outweigh yours. And I got to deal with you hacking and coughing around people, don't want to wear masks and all this stuff. I got I got to deal with you and your stupidity, you know. So, yeah. as does everybody else that's trying to do the right thing and trying to keep themselves safe, but they got to worry about some asshole who don't want to wear a mask in a in a crowded place. So. Yeah. Well, eventually they're they'll they'll weed themselves out. And and yeah, you know, they're gonna yeah. weed themselves out either one or two ways. Either they're gonna die from it. Or they're going to get really, really sick, and then they're going to say, well, maybe I should get the vax. Because mm -hmm. the next time, it, it may be over. Yep. No, I agree wholeheartedly. All right. All I right. I agree. Yeah. So, uh, moving on. Uh, we had some uh, notable passings this week. Um, that folks that left this planet, left the society... Uh, did some great things in society, and uh, we want to mention a few of those. I think the first person we want to mention is uh, from uh, our part of the woods uh, back in Kentucky. Uh, he was the uh, basketball coach, University of Kentucky, uh, led them to that championship in 1978, Joe B. Hall. Joe uh, B. Hall. Passed, passed yesterday. Um, I think if my memory serves me correct, uh, he you mentioned it before he came on air, 
and I'll, I'll leave that to you, but I think he was an assistant to the uh, late, great Adolph Rupp, if my memory serves me correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was an assistant on his staff for a while, and then eventually became the head coach and uh, led Big Big Blue Nation to that championship in 1978. I think that was the Jack Givens team, led team. Right. Uh, they won that championship over Duke. So uh, the great Joe B. Hall passed yesterday. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, uh, I as we were talking before we came on live, the fact that he was an assistant at UK and he was able to do what Adolph Rupp, not that he's turning over in his grave or anything, <laughs> do, and that is to recruit black players. Because, uh, you know, I still tell the story of the time that Adolph Rupp uh, went to uh, Scott County in Kentucky to recruit Clarence Glover. You remember Clarence Glover, right? Yep. He played for Caverna. Yep. And uh, Adolph Rupp would not go into Clarence Glover's home. He wanted Clarence Glover and his parents to come out to his limo and talk to him out there. And Joe B. Hall was just the opposite. He was the the coach that recruited black players. And the first notable black player was Thomas Paine. Yep. He was a seven footer. Yep. I think he was seven foot two, maybe. Yeah. Yep. But um, and that was 1972, maybe. Yeah, I think we were I think we were in 72. We were, yeah, that was probably we our junior high, high years. Yeah. Yeah, so 1972, 1973, somewhere in there. Yeah. This was the first black players to go to the University of Kentucky to play basketball for them. And Joby Hall was responsible for that. And as you mentioned, he uh, was able to win the uh, NCAA title with Jack Gibbons and that group. Um, it was a low-scoring game, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, yeah. It was not a high-scoring game at all. No. Yeah. And was and and stayed coached until the last I remember of J, Joe B. Hall is when they had Melvin Turpin yep, yep. and um, Skywalker, Kenny Walker, yep, yep, that yep. group that came up against the uh, Georgetown Hoyas and um, the Georgetown put them in their place. Yeah, yep. big time. Yeah, you know, I think was. Yeah, that I was think 84, that was his, I think, maybe, yeah. 83 or 84, because I remember me and I was over at Joey's apartment off of French Street, and we were watching the game, and we were just cracking up, because every time they gave the ball to Melvin Turpin, he screwed it up. He had a <laughs> turnover, and we kept saying, give the ball to Melvin Turpin. He's going to give it <laughs> back to you. <laughs> oh. That was, I think that was pr- close to his last year. He was yeah. getting... Getting yeah, getting so. there, but yeah, Joe B. Hall. Uh, Joe B. Hall. You know, he was a mountain of a man too. Yeah, yeah. He was a big yeah. man, and he was able to, uh, yeah, turn the program around and start um, recruiting black players. And as of now, you know, it's you, you don't see very many white players on Kentucky. So no, no. If, yeah, if you do, they're they're local kids from around, you know, some of the high schools there in Kentucky, whatnot. It's the, it's been their dream to go to play at UK, but the bulk of the players that have been coming through there the last what 15, 15 20 years or so been black. Yeah been black and uh, a lot of mcdonald's all americans coming through like you say man adolph rupp was probably rolling over in his grave man if he, <laughs> if he saw what was happening with UK basketball right now but uh that's not the subject uh the the, the subject is to pay our respects to mr joby hall and we can joby. talk about uk basketball all day but we won't tonight <laughs> no 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 i don't, so I don't we'll, like uh, about we'll UK pay our basketball at all anymore. yeah we'll pay our respects <laughs> to a great man and uh that's mr joby hall rest in peace rest in power power yes Uh, The next um, person we want to pay our respects to tonight, a young lady in the music world, and I always liked her voice. Uh, That's Ronnie Spector. Uh, She passed this week, uh, lead singer for the Ronettes, Be My Baby. You know, that song, it's a catchy tune. Came out in the 60s, I believe. Um, Her, her sister and her cousin, they were the Ronettes. 
and uh, Ronnie was a was a class act uh, in rock and roll, pioneering woman in rock and roll. Um, had a tumultuous relationship with Phil Spector that you know I think a lot of people know about. That's how she ended up with the last name of Spector, married Phil Spector, who's a record producer. So, but uh, she is a class act, pioneering woman in rock and roll. Your thoughts? Well, she was able. She was one of the first acts to um, cross over. Yep. You know, back in the um, gosh, late '50s, '60s, early '60s and was able to have some TV time in which it was very difficult to see uh, us on TV, and especially as an act back then. And they were able to, and I will say this, they were able to pass now. You can't get that out of the way. You know, so some folks didn't really know what they were, (laughs) the Ron Right, right. But uh, they they figured it out and was able to... um, Come up with the "Be My Baby" was their their signature hit, yeah. and it went across all uh, all across the country and all all around the world. So that's yeah. how she made her fame. She was uh, she was a class act, and she was able to uh, uh, keep that Specter name. She didn't want to get rid of it because it helped her and the Ronettes to uh, become well known, and so she eventually ended up on the speaking tours and uh, just going around being an ambassador towards rock and roll. Yeah. 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 They're, uh, I heard this week, their Christmas song, uh, Sleigh Ride, their rendition of Sleigh Ride. It was back on the top 10 on, uh, on iTunes. I think it was, wow. yeah, it was back at the top 10, uh, Sleigh Ride, their version of Sleigh Ride. And then her career, man, she had a revival, so to speak, uh, in the 80s. She sang uh, she sang the hook on Take Me Home Tonight by Eddie Money. She sang the hook on that song. Huh. Um, uh, Take Me Home know. Tonight. Yeah, Ronnie Spector. She, she, he says, listen what Ronnie says. And she says, be my mm-hmm. little baby. Yeah, that was her. She sang the hook on that song. So. Okay, okay. So her career had a little revival. But, uh, yeah, um, class act, man. Um Ronnie Spector, lead singer of the Ronettes. So I want to say rest in peace, rest in power to her. Yes, sir. Uh, The last person we want to talk about, well, next to last, and let's let's before we get to to our to the last person, let's talk about uh, one of the last surviving original members of the Tuskegee Airmen. And that's Brigadier General Charles McGee. He passed today, 102 years old. And that is, uh, you know, we've we all know the story about the Tuskegee Airmen, the bravery and 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 the heroism they showed. Black uh, fighter pilots uh, during World War II. Um, the original Tuskegee Airmen have been portrayed in a couple of movies of uh, the Tuskegee Airmen, and then there was a movie called Red Tails. But he right. is one of the last surviving uh, of the original Tuskegee Airmen. Um, so your thoughts, man, on on the Tuskegee Airmen? You know, we we didn't know. Jerome McGee personally, but we know the story of the Tuskegee Airmen and, and right, what they had right. to deal with. Um, right. Your thoughts on, on yeah. the Tuskegee Airmen? What a lot of people don't realize is that the Tuskegee Airmen were were stationed all over the country. Yep. As a matter of fact, I didn't know this until recently that the airfield in Fort Knox that was a trust the Tuskegee Airmen trained in Fort Knox. Did you wow. know that? I did not know that. Yes, they did. They trained in Fort Knox, and they also oh, wow. trained in uh, Seymour, Indiana, and Columbus, Indiana. And one of the uh, – another, well, not known fact is that down in Seymour, Indiana, the Tuskegee Airmen mutinied against their their um, officers wow. because – uh, they were not allowed to go to the officers' quarters, and they were officers themselves. And they mutinied. They said, "We ain't going any place." They they stood out there and said, "We're not going any place. We are staying right here until we get to be able to have the same privileges as the white officers do here in in this in this city." Wow. And um, they flew out of Columbus, Indiana. They flew out of uh, Fort Knox, and, and when they when they came together, they brought them from Fort Knox, Columbus, Indiana, Seymour, Indiana. Uh, and even though they were trained in, in uh, Tuskegee, Alabama, they were sent to different places across the country. 
And I didn't know about Fort Knox until, you know, becoming a member of the Indianapolis chapter of the Tuskegee Airmen and finding some extra history about that. So, yeah, uh, the Red Tails, uh, they're having a new trainer. Air Force developing a brand new trainer uh, that's uh, designated to be um, for the Tuskegee Airmen because it's going to have a red tail. I know that they've uh, donated and uh, designated several um, uh, different uh, officers. You know, Charlie Charles Brown is the uh, the new um, chief of staff for the Air Force. Okay, so they're doing some they're doing some things, and the uh, Tuskegee Airmen is well known, of course, uh, for their exploits during uh, World War II and um, thereafter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. I, you know, we're sitting here talking. It's like, man, I might go pull out one of the movies and watch it. <laughs> you know? But uh, rest in peace. Rest in power to Brigadier General Charles McGee, one of the last surviving members of the Tuskegee Airmen. I also want to backtrack and mention, man, Ronnie Spector. Uh, she's a Hall of Famer, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, elected to the Hall of Fame in 2007. Uh, so she is a class act, powerful uh, woman of rock and roll. So want to be, want to mention that. So. Last person we want to talk about tonight, uh, and I'll let you kick this off. Um, I I fortunately uh, had a a young child who watched this show that he was a big part of doing her growing up. So (laughs) and that was Full House. But I'll I'll let you kick off and let you share some perspective on uh, Bob Saget. Well, I'll tell you what. I know Bob Bob Saget from. Funniest home videos. Yes. Yeah. That's where I know him from. <laughs> yeah. I I rarely ever watch Full House. I don't think I ever watched a full episode. Oh my gosh. Full House. <laughs> you know, like everything else, some things, some movies, some TV shows, you you just feel that I'm not gonna watch that. Yeah. And Full House was that for me. But I did watch you know, America's Home Funniest Home Videos that he he was the host of that I watched. But Full House, eh, it wasn't for me. It's just like I've never watched an episode of Seinfeld or I've never watched an episode of Friends. It just doesn't seem uh-huh. like it's for me. I mean, it, they don't look like me, number one. Wow. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. That's not being racist. It's just that I can't relate to Friends. Huh. I can't. Okay. You know, and Full House, eh, I I couldn't relate to it. So I didn't watch it. But Bob Saget, he's well known for Full House. All the people that he's tutored through through Full House and some of these people becoming, you know, mega stars. Um, But eh, I just know him from from America's home, funniest home videos. That's 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 me. How yeah. about you? Yeah, yeah, I used to watch uh, America's Funniest Videos, old videos. I mean, good stuff. He was a good host of that show. I, I, I wouldn't say I regularly watched Full House, but I had a child who did. And so, you know, you sit down and watch some episodes. They were sort of funny. Um, the Olsen twins who are now uh, – <laughs> They're 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 grown women entrepreneurs in their own right. Uh, Candace Cameron Bure, who was a huge star on the Hallmark Channel. Um, Jody Sweeten, who was the other the the, the pal, uh, the the other daughter, I think. Uh, I'm not sure what she's doing these days. But John Stamos was in there. He he's big in his own right, and I can't remember the other sidekick there. And then Laurie Laughlin was on that show. Yeah. So uh, my daughter watched it because she. <laughs> She used to watch the Olsen twins and whatnot. So, you know, as a you know, you you tune in sometime and watch. It was a funny show, but yes, I I watched the video show more uh, than that. And then I caught a couple of his uh, stand-up routines on uh, might have been HBO or something. Might have been something on Netflix, man. Where I mean, his comedy was pretty raunchy, man. Yeah, that's what I. That's that's true. That's if you, true. If you listen to his stand-up act, it's like, whoa, this is this is the dad from Full House. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the you know, and you're like, wow. But uh, you know, 
he had a, he had another avenue, man, that uh, that he pursued and uh, he was quite good at it. And so, <laughs> you know, a lot of comedians have been paying their respects to him in the stand up world. They've been paying their respects because of, you know, we had a following in the stand up comedy world. So, uh, you know, great man died way too young. Um but he'll be remembered for those two roles as the dad on uh, Full House and the host of America's Funniest Home Videos. So uh, rest in peace and rest in power to uh, Mr. Bob Saget. Right. All right. So, my friend, uh, tomorrow is uh, January the 17th, and that is the birthday of MLK, Martin Luther King Jr. And as we uh, broadcast tonight, uh, we always talk about the state of America and whatnot, and we're just gonna, you know, you know, I guess wax poetically here for the next couple of minutes. Um, on the eve of MLK's birthday, uh, the holiday, his birthday tomorrow. Um, where do you see um, MLK's birthday tomorrow? Uh, versus or against the backdrop of America today. Uh, what 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 are your thoughts on that? Okay, uh, first of all, make, let's make one correction. Yes, his birthday is actually yesterday. Oh, okay. It's My always bad. it's January the fifteenth, but we always celebrate his birthday either on the fifteenth if it's that Monday, and if it's on the weekend, we always celebrate it on the first Monday after his birthday. So tomorrow yeah. is the celebration the of celebration. Yeah. his birthday. His yeah. birthday was actually the 15th. 15th yeah. um, America today is in in reference to his birthday is, I guess you can say it's a tale of two cities uh, because of the struggle, because of uh, the sacrifice that he and his um, followers, his his uh, leaders, the people that that uh, stood up for rights for all Americans, African Americans, Black Americans. Um, that his his legacy is being challenged today because of the foolishness in some of the outright um, backwards thinking and uh, some of the backbiting that America's going through today. Here we are in 2022 and the rights that were gained by black folks under the constitution with the 15th amendment in 1870, we're still fighting for. And not only that, in certain areas, we have achieved. We're able to get jobs in business. We're able to be whatever you want to be. But going back to the Supreme Court and SCOTUS under the Roberts Supreme Court, the Supreme Court said that, well, we can get rid of part of this constitutional rights of states to now let them select and create their own voting parameters and so on without federal government approval. And by doing so, uh, voting rights are being denied to people. If Martin Luther King Jr was alive today, he would be out protesting these laws that are being passed today because they are trying to disenfranchise black and brown people. As I've mentioned many times, if we can't beat them, let's cheat them. Yeah. And they're doing so by coming up with state laws and procedures that would allow someone like the past occupant of the of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue to become president without 
basically having to win legally. And so Martin Luther King Jr. and people that support him, these we are the people that have to stand up and stand against these these rights, especially when it comes to voting. You know, it's it's a shame that in 2006 they got an extension to the Voting Rights Act that was passed in 1965. 2012, I think it was, they extended the Voting Rights Act again that was passed in 1965. Now, there are 15 or 16 people that voted for the extension of the Voting Rights Act in 19 in 2006 and 2012, I think it was 12. I, I don't know. I don't remember exactly. I think you're those right. people. Those people are are going to vote against it. Yeah. At least they're saying they're going to vote against it. They don't have to do anything now. All the right. way that the the filibuster is is that they can just go and hide. Yep. And not do anything. Okay. So um voting rights are damn near done. Okay. They're making it harder for for brown and black people and minorities to vote. Yeah. So that they yeah. can win. Yeah. And I think that um the Senate minority leader, Chuck Schumer, is gonna bring bring it up for a vote on the John Lewis bill and the, um, I think it's HR one. I think it is. So by doing so, he's going to, he's going to force these people to say, I am against people, right. People's right to vote. Let's put it, let's put it on record. Let's put it down there. Yeah. I agree. I, I agree. You know, Getting back to, you know, this holiday, which is going to be celebrated tomorrow, there needs to be something done that would literally celebrate it. Because right now it's like, okay, we got a day off of school. Well, we got a day off of work. Okay, so we need to get out there and and make a point to on this day. Push people in the direction of registering to vote because we have to have them in this fall and in two years from now, this would be a perfect time to do that. And the, the bills that are in front of Congress, you know, our favorite Senator, Oh, mush (laughs) He gets up every day and says, that the Voting Rights Act that they're trying to that they're trying to pass now is just the Democrats trying to steal the election. God, so so sick and tired of hearing him saying this bull crap that yeah. they're trying to steal the election. How can you steal an election when everybody can vote? Right, right. It's not stealing an election. It's just right. that there are more people that are going to vote against you That's because right. all you're concerned about is becoming the Senate Majority Leader again. Right, right. You know, there's, so. There's, Right. And there's more people that's going to vote that don't look like you. That's what you're afraid of. Right. That's what you're afraid of. This is, you know, and I don't want to cut you off. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, that, you're that, good. That's what this is all about, that your concern now, again, like you say, 2006, 2012, a lot of the people who voted to extend the Voting Rights Act, they're still in they're still in Congress right now. So what changed between. 2006, 2012 to now, we know what changed. More black and brown people are voting, and that scares the hell out of these people because they know we got it. We got it. We got to cut this down. We we got to circumvent this to keep these people from voting in the large numbers because their numbers are coming up more and more. Uh, they're becoming the majority in this country or on their path to becoming the majority in this country, and we got to circumvent that. So I think if MLK was alive today, I think he would be disheartened to see what has happened to the strides that were made 
while he was here on this earth, the things he fought for and the people that marched with him and, and everything that we saw, we were witness to a lot of that. I think we'd be disheartened to see that our government, our country has basically, you've, you've backtracked on the promise that you made all those years ago. And now you realize that power is slowly slipping from your grasp. You got to find a way to circumvent that. And the easiest way to do that is prevent people making it difficult for people to exercise their constitutional right to vote. He would be disheartened by that. I have no doubt in my mind. So there are going to be a lot of people tomorrow, and you know it. They're going to be up there with their platitudes. And I'm just like, shut the hell up. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear you saying anything about what a great man he was or this or that when you or some of your people are behind this, these two bills from being passed. Don't open your mouth to say a word. That yeah. that's I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear you, it. You know what, Wayne? There's one thing that can possibly change some of this to get people leaning the the right way as far as making these senators, pretty much the senators, to pass these Voting Rights Act. And that is pro-athletes. Remember in 1985 when um, Arizona was refusing to uh, recognize Martin Luther King holiday? Yep. And all the professional athletes, black professional athletes, basketball and football said that Baseball, we're not going to go play in the state of Arizona. And there's revenue that the state's not going to receive. And a little bit of the blowback there was that when you work in these uh, arenas, you know, a lot of the vendors, a lot of the people that are working there in service are black and brown people. Right, right. So it's going to hurt them. If you boycott, well, guess what? I think if the NFL boycotted Texas Stadium, Dallas sucks anyway. If the NFL boycotted Arizona, if the NFL boycotted these places and NBA boycotted these places where they have these stadiums and they start yeah. losing revenue, you know, it may well, it it may yeah. sway some of those senators. Well, you know, you 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 got you're onto something there because you've got three big events coming up in the sports world. You've got the Pro Bowl coming up um, the week before the Super Bowl. I think it's February the sixth in Vegas. Boycott Vegas. We ain't playing till you pass these two voting rights bills. You've got the Super Bowl coming up on uh, February the 13th in uh, California. We're going to boycott that. We're not playing here till you pass these two bills. And then we got the NBA All-Star Game in Cleveland, February the 20th. NBA All-Stars, we're not playing till you pass these votes. We're, we're telling you now we're not playing. I, th I think that's great. The, uh, the question is, do we have enough people with the conviction to do that? Yep. At this day and age, I don't know if we have people like MLK, Jesse Jackson, John Lewis, the Denmark Bessies, all these people who stood up for like, you know, what? We, 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 we're not taking this anymore. Yeah. Do we I, I, have that level of conviction amongst our pro athletes today? I, you know, pro athletes. Yeah. No, I, because it's money. It's money. You know, I but, mean, they're playing they're playing a game and some of these people are getting I mean. Zach, Zach, Dak Prescott, $75 million for signing his name on a document. $75 million to sign his name on a document. $75 million. How is he going to be hurting? Right. And, and, I mean, and, and, he may and be 30 years right. old, right. but out of 75 million, you right. think they can't last a lifetime? Right. And, and we're only talking about you boycotting that event, you know, because yeah. that's big money. These these the it's Super Bowl, money. big money, big money. 
And and another thing is, if you could get people as a collective unit to band together, and and if and if it's the if it's the Pro Bowl, I think, hey, NBA, join join them, join these guys, support them. And you guys have a pot of money. The people that aren't going to be working that event at the stadiums and the arenas, hey, yep. chip in and help help them. You know, pay them what they would have made. You've got the money to do it. Right. At some point, we're going to have to take a stand against this foolishness, man. And your I, I like it, man. I like what you said. But we got to have – I don't think we have the Jim Browns and the Ali's and the Bill Russells. I don't know if we have those folks within the athletic arena today that would sacrifice part of their career, part of their money – to take a stand against what's going on in D.C. right now and call up Chuck Schumer and all these people and say, look, Mr. Mr. Schumer, Ms. Pelosi, Mr. McCarthy, Mr. McConnell, Mushmouth, as you call him, we guess what? We ain't playing on February the 13th. We're not we're boycotting the Super Bowl in L.A. And guess what? We got NBA players are with us as well. February 20th, NBA players. We're not playing the All-Star game in Cleveland until you take notice and pass these two bills. That would be powerful. That would be powerful. But I I just don't see I don't see people willing to put themselves on the line for that. Yeah. You you think uh <laughs> um you think uh K D would do that? Hell no. <laughs> no. no. I, I I'm look I'm Kyrie looking to it. I think Kyrie would do it. And I, I think he would. He, he would be one, I think, because of his stance on a lot of things. I think he would. And I think if he started it, yep. then other people might follow suit with him. Because those kind of things, he has spoken out against those type of things before. Things that affect um, the, the little man, so to speak. I could see him doing that. I could see right. him doing that. And if he would say, guys, I think we need to do this. I mean, they read the news just like we do. They know that for whatever reason— People who supported this in the past, now they don't want to support it. And the only reason they don't want to support it is because black and brown people are voting in record numbers and we got to shut that down. So I think there'll be a great cause for him to take up. And being the high profile player that he is, I think you might get some people to follow, follow him and do that. Yep. But um, it would be great. It would be great, man, because like I don't know what else is going to get these people's attention. I don't know what's going well, to get there. I mean, as I've mentioned before, which we have to do a show on, we're we're basically sitting in an American apartheid system. Okay? Yep. Because in South Africa under Botha, they didn't let those folks vote. Yeah. And if they did vote, they didn't let many of them vote. Right, right. Okay. So the same thing is trying to happen here. That they're right. trying to basically let the small, let a, a minority of the people control the majority of the people, and that's right. what's happening. And right. so we not only do we have to get out and vote, we have to start voting people in these state legislatures and city governments and so on, yeah. so that yeah. they can cut out all this foolishness. Right. Right. Yep. I think uh, the former first lady, uh, Mrs. Obama, she's trying to register a million voters. She's got a campaign going right now to try to register a million voters uh, to, to because she knows what's at stake. And a lot of people know what's at stake. If 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 things go awry here in the fall and the midterm elections coming up, if things go awry, we're screwed, man. We are screwed if these if some of these crazy ass people get power in this country, we are screwed. We are screwed. So, you know, I think if MLK was alive today and saw the the landscape of what was going on, especially around voting rights, he would be incensed and he would like, you know what? I got something for y'all's ass. (laughs) We're going to we're going to boycott until you put pen to paper and sign this into law. He that that would be his stance. So MLK is not with us today. Who is out there? Who is out there in the in in the in the in the black and brown communities that would say, you know what? I got a good idea. Athletes, you bring in a lot of money to these places. Let's do this. But uh, that's you know we're we're just talking. We're just we're just two guys here talking, man. But the <laughs> idea, the idea is novel, and I think it would get somebody's attention real quick. 
Speaking speaking of that, how's the Black Eagle doing? The Black Eagle, man, I listened to him on Friday. He's still on his hunger strike. I think it's day 64. Hmm. Day 64 of his hunger strike. And, uh, you know, I I applaud his efforts, man. But, you know, I wonder. Not going I mean, anywhere, is it? Yeah, I wonder how many people really know, you know, what he's doing and why he's doing it, you know. I think, uh, I think that's the thing is that the way the media is now, there's so many avenues that you can watch what you want to watch. Right. And right. just ignore everything else. You know, back in the 60s, you had ABC, NBC. Well, you actually had NBC and uh, CBS. And then ABC came a little bit later. You only had three channels. Right. Right. So the news that they were putting out, everybody saw. Right. Right Right now, you've got all these different channels, (laughs) all these different groups, and people want to listen to what they want to listen to. And they don't get to see the other side of of right. uh, topics right. and so on. So I think there are people that are out there that are that are doing the job of protesting and so on. For Martin, I mean Stacey Abrams, Al Sharpton, you know, uh, there's a bunch of people out there, but their their voices are being right. muted because there's right. so much, there's so many avenues in right. which they can. In which they can uh, voice their opinions, and there's, right. it's not focused. Right. That's the problem. Yeah. It's not focused. Right. So yeah, he's he's still on it, man. I think it's day sixty four was Friday. So uh, I don't know if he's gonna. He'll probably be on the air tomorrow. He's he, he's on the air. He just yeah. You know, he says yeah, I'm I'm still on it, and I'm not gonna end my hunger strike until uh, these two bills are passed. And I'm like. Brother man, you might be going for a long time. Well, he's just he's just not eating solid food. Right, he's not eating solid food. I think he's yeah, taking I mean, fluids still, and whatnot. You can still get nutrition by you right, know, right. Pop a, a can right. of Insure. Right. You know, you're gonna get enough proteins and vitamins from Insure right. that you can survive. Right. But it's a noble cause, and uh, but some you know something's got to be done, man. Because um, like you say, man, we're in a precarious situation. And I think if MLK was here looking at the landscape today, he, he would be uh, he would be disappointed as to uh, what has become of his dream um, in, in lieu of the and the environment in which we find ourselves today. You know that uh, this is this is where we are. I think it would just it would probably break his heart to see it, man. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I like the idea. Uh, do we have people of conviction to do that? I don't think so, because it's about money and and they got to protect their brand and all this other mess versus, you know, looking at what's real. You have a lot of power, man. These athletes have a lot of power. And if they would wield some of it, you know what, that that could change some things in this country. But I just don't see it happening. With And, and some of them maybe look well. Well, look what happened to Colin. True. You know, he he True. he kneeled and he lost his he lost his job. But you True. know what? If every one of those athletes knelt, then you know they're gonna say, "Hmm, do I let them go or do I have a winning team by picking up these you know Division two football players? Right, right. You know Division three right. football players. Right. Am I gonna be as good when I'm playing with these guys as opposed to those guys you know yeah. the jimmies and joes i i take the i take the athletes right i i think i think uh you know dr king would have been proud of what colin did i think yeah. he would i think he would have been proud of that that this young man saw that black and brown people are being brutalized by the police and i want to i want to i want to protest against that this is my method of protest it was nonviolent it was nonviolent, and uh, he was he was massacred for that, lost his livelihood. Yep. Uh, but I think Dr. King would applaud that because you know it, for what he, he stood up for his beliefs and he did it in a nonviolent manner. So um, it, we we could reflect on a lot of things, man. You know, we, you know he's not here, but those of us who lived through his time and you and I did, we were. We were 12 and what 13 at the time, right? Uh, right. When Dr. King um, was was doing his thing, 
Um, we we saw it. We remember a lot of that and the, the sacrifices he and others made, man, to to allow us to be here where we are now, to do what we're doing and the things we've done. That was sacrifice that he and others made. Uh, and then here we are now. We're we're still talking about people being denied basic rights as it pertains to voting. He it would just, it would dishearten him to the max. So, right. Yep. So uh, we look forward. Uh, I know it's like you say, man, people are going to be out there tomorrow. They're going to be saying their platitudes. I just, you know, just shut the hell up. Don't say anything. <laughs> we, we don't want to hear how much you love Dr. King and his words. And the only words you know about him are the eye of a dream speech. Those words that the bulk of these people know. Don't want to hear it until there is some serious change uh, within the government, especially as it pertains to voting rights. So we will leave it there for now. Um, any final words, my friend, for tonight? No, I think that's about it, my friend. That's it. That's <laughs> cool. Topic. This was, a, this was a good episode, one of our shorter episodes um, that we've been on. But, uh, you know, it's all good, man. The, the, the discussion was timely. It was relevant. And uh, I think we got in some, some, some good uh, discussion. So in that case, all was not lost. So, all was not lost. Amen. All was not lost. Well, all so, right. Oh, go ahead. No, I said, well, all right. We're just yeah. going to wrap this up. You yeah. know, we're just two small town gentlemen from E-Town, Elizabethtown, yeah. Kentucky. Yep. And uh, we get on here and have, a, have, our, uh, have our say. <laughs> say it the way we see it. And we move forward from there. Absolutely. 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 So always good to be here, uh, have this discussion, look forward to it. And uh, hope folks are listening. They get something out of it. And if you do, drop us a line. Let us know. Uh, we're glad to hear from you. So I'll let you close it out, my friend. Like three strikes. We're, we're out. out. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are of those of the individual's and do not reflect on the official policies or positions of any government or corporation.